Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast. Brother Jeremy here, episode number 145. I want to deal with the subject today, leanness into their soul. Leanness into their soul. It's found in the book of Psalms. Psalm number 106, verse number 15. Here's what the Bible says. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. What does that mean? In the book of Psalms, uh, number uh, 106, you have here a, 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 a reference to the uh, children of Israel. And we know the children of Israel were uh, needy people. <laughs> I mean, that's to say the least. The Bible says this in the preceding verses, that he had rebuked the Red Sea in verse number 9. It was dried up, led them through the depths as through the wilderness. He saved them from the hand of him that hated them, redeemed them from the hand of the enemy, and the waters covered their enemies there was not one of them left. We know that story there in the Exodus. Then believed they his words. They sang his praise. Old Miriam grabbed her timbrel and they began to sing about the horse and the rider being dead. But watch this, verse 13 of Psalm 106. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness unto their soul. The Jews were a murmuring people in the Old Testament. It seems like they were always complaining about something, even though God had performed miracle after miracle after miracle for them. And the psalmist in this passage is referring to that time when the Israelites complained because they had no flesh to eat. They were remembering the fondness, uh, with fondness, their existence in Egypt, and how they remembered it with fondness is beyond me. The Bible's clear that they were under cruel taskmasters, heavily afflicted, and yet here they are in the wilderness, and they're whining and complaining and wanting to go back, and they're remembering their existence in Egypt, and they're dissatisfied with the manna, the miracle of manna that God had provided, and, and they're wanting meat to eat. And we know what the Bible tells us. It tells us that God eventually gave them an abundance of meat, so much so that, that they became sickened. And, of course, we know it was in the form of quail. And, and he gave them their request is what the psalmist said. But watch this. But leanness into their soul. In other words, don't miss it. They got what they wanted, but they lost what they needed. They got what they wanted, but lost what they needed. They were physically full and spiritually empty. Because of that complaining, because of the lack of contentment, because of their desire for the things of Egypt, God sent leanness into their soul. Now, what does that mean, Brother Jeremy? It, it means we need to be careful about our attitude toward the will of God and the place of God that He has given us and where He's brought us to. It may not be exactly what we want, 
uh, but it may not be precisely what we need. Think on that. A lot of times it may not be what we want, but it also may not be what we need. God is so much more qualified to know what I need more than I. My heart is deceitfully wicked. My heart leads me astray. The desires of my heart sometimes have been wrong. And and uh, I'm telling you, there's been a lot of things I've prayed that I'm glad God didn't answer. There's been a lot of things I desired that God did not give me. Because he's much more qualified than I to know what I need. And there's something more important than our fleshly appetites. There's something more important than our carnal desires. It's always uh, a cause for concern when a Christian starts complaining about the will of God or, or, or speak about how much they had it better when, when they were still out in the world, out in Egypt. Because that spiritual leanness that they're experiencing here, it's because they were longing for Egypt, and that's a symbolic of the world. In the Word of God, Egypt is a picture of the world. And and listen, here's, here's the contrast. God blesses those that trust Him completely and are content with His will. We've all known those who seem to have very little of this world's goods, yet they possessed a relationship with the Lord that was undeniable. You don't have to have everything this world has to have joy. In fact, you can have all of it. My wife and I were just talking about, uh, over the weekend, we were just talking about a, a family that when it comes to the things of the world, they've got everything. But we also know the situation is very dark in their home. We also know that there's no joy in their marriage. We also know that there's rebellion in the in the family and the children and even though they've got this huge house they've got no home and uh, we were not gossiping we were praying for them because we were burdened for that and just because you have the things of this world does not mean that you're full on the inside I've, i know people that don't have a dollar hardly to their name but their joy is full and we got to remember that the priority of God in our lives is spiritual things, not carnal things. Now, is it wrong to have things? No, but it's wrong for things to have you. And we've got to remember that God's priority for our life is spiritual, not carnal. And the fact that God gave the Israelites what they persistently requested, even though it was going to bring them spiritual leanness, that needs to say something to me. That needs to say something to you. God may give us what we ask for, when we consistently insist on having our way, even if it's not going to be good for us spiritually. I was thinking about some people in the Bible who uh, desired things that were not right, but God allowed it. You think about Lot, the nephew of Abraham. God allowed Lot to pitch that tent toward Sodom, knowing that it was going to result in spiritual shipwreck for his family. God allowed Samson, you know, the wife that he demanded from his fam his parents, but it led him, started him on a downward spiral to destruction. God allowed Abraham to go to Egypt in time of famine, and he got himself in a mess. God allowed Naomi and Elimelech to go to Moab, but it cost them three out of four lives. Three out of the four of them died in Moab. And on and on we can read about the stories in the Bible where men and women became discontent 
they got discontent with God's plan and, and forced God to let them have their plan, and there became leanness in their soul. Another example would be Sarah. Sarah, you know, uh, thought that getting a child for Abraham through Hagar was a great plan. That wasn't a plan of God. And uh, guess what? It caused leanness in her soul. She became bitter. She became jealous. And uh, Hagar ended up in the desert. God took care of Hagar, but look at all the hurt. Look at all the pain. And not just for that family, but look at all the hurt and pain for our family because there's still a war going on between Ishmael and Isaac in the day and hour that you and I live. Turn on the nightly news. You'll see the war between Ishmael and Isaac. They got what they wanted, but they lost what they needed. And just because something is permitted to occur does not necessarily mean that it's God-ordained as a blessing. Sometimes we get so determined to have our way, we take very little serious thought as to whether God is really in it. And we got to remember that we'll be far better off and far spiritually blessed if we just learn to be content uh, in His will. If God don't want something for me, I shouldn't want it either. Hello? Do you hear me? If God doesn't want something for me, why should I constantly be bombarding Him with, this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I want. We're to pray, not my will, but thine be done. If God doesn't want something for me, I shouldn't want it either. I think we can learn a great lesson in the book of Philippians from the Apostle Paul, chapter number 4. Listen, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let, not, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Nothing wrong with praying and asking for God, and the, uh, from God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But then he goes on to talk about what we should think on. We should think on true things, honest things, just things, pure things, lovely things, good report things, virtuous things, praise things. And if you'll learn that and receive that and hear that and see that, God's peace will be with you. That's what Paul's saying. And listen to what he goes on to say. But I rejoice in the great Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to abase, be abased and I know how to abound everywhere, 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 and in all things, in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You know what Paul is saying? You guys at Philippi, you were lean physically, but you were full and flourishing spiritually. And I'm telling you, Paul learned to trust God with anything and everything. You remember he wrote this passage in prison. He didn't know what his future held, whether he'd be freed or punished or killed, but he had learned to be content in all circumstances, good or bad. And how many of us can make that claim? It's not uncommon for us to feel discontentment when we can't control a situation. And as long as our satisfaction depends on whether certain things work out or you know circumstances will continue to 
you know, be what we want them to be, that's going to steal your peace. That's going to steal your joy. Paul was saying to be content. He's not saying that you'll never experience anxiety or frustration. But what matters is how we respond when those feelings grip us. And it's something Paul had to learn through many trials, through many sufferings, through shipwrecks and hunger and imprisonment and beatings. You find that in 2 Corinthians 11, 24 through 30. Paul knew as well as anybody that situations can be painful and and seemingly hopeless. But he finally discovered that true contentment comes from Christ, not the situation you find yourself in. So how do you respond when circumstances are beyond your control? Paul chose to give his anxieties to God and exchanged for the peace that passes all understanding. The right circumstances, oh man, if I just had this, if I just had this, if this was going this way, if this was going, that does not bring peace. You can have peace with Christ and that's it. Spiritual leanness will come when you're constantly complaining about your current situation. But fullness comes from contentment in knowing that God has provided and will provide what you need, not necessarily what you want. Those people here in the book of Psalms that the psalmist is referring to, they got what they wanted, but they lost what they needed. They got what they wanted, but they lost what they needed. I read where, uh, this is one great quote. He said, I have held many things in my hands, and I've lost them all. But whatever I've placed in God's hands, I still possess. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher from London, said this, It's not how much we have, but how much we enjoy that brings happiness. It's not how much we have, but it's how much we en- but how much we enjoy that brings happiness. And Warren Wiersbe said this: Real contentment comes from within. You and I cannot change or control the world around us, but we can change and control the world that is within us. Contentment. You may get what you wanted, but you may have lost what you needed in leanness in your soul. Now, today, let's take the Word of God and let's go out and be salt and be light. If you're listening to this in the evening, plan on purpose tomorrow. I'm going to be salt and light. I'm going to purify the world around me. I'm going to illuminate the world around me. I'm going to make a difference for the cause of Christ and learn contentment. Till the next Treasures of Truth podcast, God bless you.